0: This is a podcast where you don't have to be perfect. You can be happy. Make your day count. Encouraging, uplifting, full of joy. You're worth more than you think. This is Entirely Unconventional, and I'm Lindsay Roberts. I pray for something miraculous to happen to you today. Hi, everybody. Lindsay Roberts here, and I'm so glad you joined me on this unconventional podcast today. I am so excited to talk to you about this brand new year. You know, a lot of times we make a New Year's resolution or a New Year's revelation or even a New Year's revolution, and you think about all the things that are going to be life-changing if you'll just do this and if you'll do that, and if you can go accomplish this, it's sort of like this New Year's resolution. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that, but I've got something with a little tiny bit of a twist. What would happen if we flipped that and cleaned the slate to start out with a completely clean slate before you add the resolutions. Sometimes the very things that caused you to fail, and and in a sense, i got to start this over, i got to do this differently, and then you try and do it again without cleaning the slate, you may fall into the trap of, well, in a week, two weeks, maybe two months, the resolution's down the drain. Think about this. I was listening to, excuse me, I was listening to Uh, a program of Reba McIntyre, the Reba program, and her son-in-law, Vance, had a saying of trying to get her past something and to move forward. And he said, I got one word for you, let it go. And she said, that's not one word, that's three words. And he said, not the way I say it, let it go. And the whole concept was to release something that was detrimental. Now, I don't want you to let go of something that is good for you, and I don't want you to let go of, like, wonderful memories or something like that. But what I am talking about is letting go of things that perhaps God has been nudging you and saying, maybe if you let go of this, I can do a new thing. So we're going to talk about the book of Isaiah, and we're going to talk about Proverbs, and we're going to talk about what it would entail to keep those New Year's resolutions by starting out with a clean slate. When my kids were little, we used to have, you know, disagreements, or they used to have disagreements with each other, or they're something that had to be discussed. And we would always do this funny little thing with our face. It was sort of like squinting and wiping the slate clean and starting fresh. And so many times kids would say, mommy, can we start over? Yes. So that's what I want to do today. I want to get you that so-called clean slate so that when you start over, you have a perhaps a better chance of accomplishing those resolutions. So the three things I want to talk to you about are fear, the past, and negative talk. Now, I want you to think about this in terms of God's word and in terms of God's will. What is God nudging you to do? Now, I can tell you these have been really good for me, but I want to make sure that this is something that's good for you. So I want you to pray about it. And I want you to think about it. In fact, right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I am asking you to bring divine revelation to these listeners and pray, Father God, that they will be nudged in their spirit what they are supposed to do and what they're not supposed to do. Something that would be just exactly in line with your will and something that might not be so harmonious with your will. So whatever it is, Father, that you would like them to accomplish, I pray that happens today in Jesus name. Amen. <clears throat> now that you're listening to the father and seeing what he has for you, pray about it. See how it, as the Bible says, bears witness with your spirit. Number one, fear. Let go of fear. I think number one should be fear. That's the number one thing that can hold me back personally. And so I just want to toss that out for you to consider. Isaiah forty-one ten: fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God, and he says, I'll help you, I'll strengthen you. But I want to read it to you in the message, because I just, there's something about this that just resonates with me. Isaiah 41, Isaiah 41, 10, in the Message Bible. Don't panic. Okay, that works for me. Don't panic. I'm with you. No need to fear, for I am your God. I'll give you strength. You see, it's interesting to me in the Bible, where it says, be strong, In the Lord and the power of his might. You may be thinking, I can't be strong in this situation. I just am not good at this, or I just don't have the strength to do this again, or blah, 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 whatever it is. I have a lot of blah, blah, blahs in my life, can't you tell? When I was having miscarriage after miscarriage, I did not want to have another miscarriage. So I was avoiding every possible thing about getting pregnant again. I just can't go through this anymore. And there's so many different things I can look back in my life and say, I don't want to go through this anymore. But God was nudging me to see the other side of my miracle. And I want to nudge you to see the other side of your miracle. Maybe if you got rid of fear, and you began to operate in other things like the faith of God, God's given to every person the measure of faith, if that's you, I want you to just sort of think, just I'm saying not ponder and not, you know, obsess over it, but is there something that if fear went out, you could ask the Father God to help you do? No panic. He said, don't panic. I'm with you. No need to fear for I'm your God. I will give you strength. Oh, I love that. He will give us strength. I will give you strength. I will help you. I'll hold you steady. Keep a firm grip on you. Can you just see that? I want you to picture that in your mind. I want to read it again. When I do, I want you to picture in your mind that you don't have to do the heavy lifting. Don't panic. I'm with you. No need to fear, for I am your God. I'll give you strength. I'll help you. I'll hold you steady. Keep a firm grip on you. I love the sound of that. That's I, that's Isaiah 41.10 in the Message Bible. Now, the second thing that I'd like to see you let go of, if God is nudging you, number one was fear, number two is the past. You know, some people hold on to the past because it's wonderful. And I'm not telling you to ditch your really wonderful memories, but I'm saying sometimes we don't move forward because, wow, the past is so wonderful. I, I, I had such a wonderful time. It's over. I can't go relive it. I can't go recreate it but I have no no desire to move forward because, you know, my old job was so wonderful. My old company was so wonderful. My old family was so wonderful. The thought of moving forward just, it just seems impossible. Well, I'm not telling you to drop your memories. I'm not telling you to let go of something God is saying, hold on to. But if there is something that you need to let go of that is hindering your progress and hindering your moving forward, maybe even hindering you being in the will of God. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I'll do a new thing. Shall you not know it? I'll make a way in the wilderness. Let me read it to you in the message, because again, this this is really strong to me. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. You see, I think when it says, don't you see it, and and it's, um, shall you not know it in the King James? To me, what that means is I could be so focused on the rear view mirror of life that I don't see what's ahead of me. I don't see the good. I don't see the God. I don't see the future. You know, the Bible talks about, I know the plans I have for you. They are for your good. They're to give you a hope and to give you a future. And if you're looking in the past, maybe perhaps past failures, past successes, or past, you don't even know why you're looking in the rearview mirror of life past. But if God is wanting you to move forward and to allow you to go into his will in a sense, you know, kind of full speed ahead, so to speak, then I want you to take a hold of Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 in the message. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. You know, that's why I think they call the present a present. It's a present to live in the now. It's a gift. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. If you don't see it, how can you know it? when it's right there in front of you, you might not recognize it. And the third thing, let go of fear. Let go of the past when God is telling you in both cases. And the third thing, let go of negative talk. Okay. I heard a lot of voices right there in my head going, yeah, Lindsay, let's start with you. I'm not saying voices, voices. You know what I'm saying? I can pull up things where I can remember my own words telling me, Lindsay, and I'll go off on some negative, uh uh, 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 spiel. And you know what? The only damage I'm doing is damage to myself. James three, four talks about the rudder of a ship is so small, but it can steer that ship into safe waters or into disaster. And it compares that to our tongue as the rudder of the ship of our life. That tongue of ours, the Bible says, death and life is not in the words. Death and life is the in the power of your tongue. They that love it, eat the fruit thereof. The power of the tongue means those spoken words that you have authority over. But how are you using those words? Are you saying, oh, this happened to me, so it'll never be good. I heard somebody say, I've been poor and I'll be poor some more. And they thought it was kind of like cute that they made a rhyme. Think about those words. If God honored every word that proceeds out of your mouth, just like his word talks about, hey, I'm poor and I'll be poor some more. And think that's funny. You've, In my personal life, my personal opinion, the way I look at the Bible, you've just opened the door for the devil to have easy access to what you just said. And instead, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Anything and everything I have need of comes to me. By the stripes that wounded Jesus, I'm to be healed and made completely whole. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. My words are the rudder of the ship that steers my life. Proverbs fifteen four: gentle words bring life and health, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Now, I want to focus on that for a second. Maybe you are hearing those words and they're crushing you. Maybe someone is speaking those words over you and they're crushing you. Maybe you're doing the speaking and it's crushing somebody else. Or maybe you're using your own words and it's crushing yourself. You know, when we talk about self-fulfilling prophecy, the Bible says, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable Uh, One translation says, a delight in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. How can he be our strength and our redeemer until the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart line up with the word of God? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it, eat the fruit thereof. What are you chewing on today? And I think it's so easy to get a mirror. And in all the decades I've been alive now, I can look in the mirror and man, I can start picking things apart really fast. I didn't used to have that wrinkle. I didn't used to have that drop, you know, stuff born in the in the north is migrated to the south for the winter. And I look in, in the mirror and think, you know, how 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 did my how did my face end up looking like this? Overnight I blinked and this started. Yeah, we can do that so quickly. We can look in the mirror and be so critical with our negativity that before you realize that you are speaking words that God never intended you to speak over yourself. Now, even if you're only talking by faith, how about saying words like, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Anything and everything I have need of comes to me. I have the wisdom of Solomon, the mind of Christ, the spirit of God, the blessing of Abraham. And as we begin to say those things, we can walk those things out, even if they're a statement by faith. And, you know, you can look at in different psychological aspects of it where I've read over and over repeatedly where the words that you speak go in into your thoughts, into your spirit, into your heart, words that you speak to others, words that are spoken over you. I began to get a list at one time about words of affirmation, things that are build up words. And when I got this list, I tried to use this list as often as I could over my kids You know, when you talk about what you say to God, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Those are words of affirmation. And we can say those over our kids. This morning, baby, I send you off to school because you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And I really believe that we can get into a position where we really, really believe the words that we're speaking as self-fulfilling prophecy. I remember when my daughter Jordan was very, very young. She had just started school, and she was learning spelling words, and she came home with a list of B words, words that started with the letter B. And she started twirling and dancing when she came in the house, and she began to sing, and she, she started singing, I can do the B words because I know the I word. And I said, Jordan, you're not making any sense. She said, I can do the B words because I know the I letter, B letter, I letter. And I was looking at her spelling list and uh, there wasn't a lot of B words with I letters in them. I said, you are totally confusing me. What are you talking about? And she said, mother, I can learn my B spelling list because I, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now you talk about a positive word of affirmation that went right past her natural normal learning ability which was great but it went into her spirit she began to believe that she could do that spelling list before she even learned one word she had a positive affirmation over herself and she truly believed she could do her spelling list before she even looked at the list and i believe we are that self fulfilling prophecy again proverbs 15:4 gentle words Bring life and health, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Proverbs 16, 24. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul, and listen to this part, and health to the body. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul, and health to the body. Not only can you speak those over somebody else, but you can speak them over yourself. So here are three things I want to repeat and consider what the Lord is telling you to do, if he's telling you to get rid of something, to let it go concerning fear, number one, number two, the past, and number three, negative talk. I really believe if we'll address those three things, fear, the past, and negative talk, we can have that proverbial clean slate, so to speak, so that we really can Do the things that Christ is telling us to do. Maybe he's telling you to go here. Maybe he's telling you to go there. But whatever it is that he is telling you to do, I pray you start it with a clean slate. You don't have to, you know, in a sense, dig it up the negative stuff just to get to ground zero. But instead, you're at ground zero and you can just move forward in all that God has told you to do. Now, I, I got to tell you this. We do get questions from time to time, especially on certain subjects. And on this particular one, I want to read you this question because it, it's, we, we pull things regarding the topics that I'm going to speak about. This particular one is on fear. For as long as I can remember, I've struggled with fear. Even as a kid, I was terrified of, of the dark. I always hear pastors say, don't fear. But to be honest with you, I don't even know how to do that. Any advice? So again, strangely, part one, two, and three, I said fear the past and negative talk. So I do believe they're all intricately tied together. And if you think about this question, when I read it again, listen carefully how all three words, fear, the past, and negative talk, all three of those popped into this one question. For as long as I can remember, okay, that's, that's the past. I have struggled with fear. That's negative talk. As a kid, I was terrified. Again, we are talking about things that are in the past and fear and negative talk. So, you know, I think the Lord really directed me on these particular words to get that slate clean so we can have a new start. Here's what I would say. He said, um, to be honest, I've heard pastors say, don't fear. But to be honest, I don't even know how to do that, any advice. So for me, my advice comes from the word of God. Everything that I learn from has to come from the word of God. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, how can I ask God to watch over his word to perform it if I'm not quoting his word? If all of a sudden I'm just quoting my words, how can I ask God to honor that when he told me, don't quote my words, quote his words, make the words I quote his words? There are certain scriptures that, um, that I happen to love. I did a CD called Encouraging Words of Hope and Life. I think that everything begins with a thought based on something you hear, you read, you see. And so you formulate that thought. When you formulate that thought, then you either give positive or negative attention to that thought. So the thought's going to be there. I don't believe for one split second I will ever escape thoughts that are negative, thoughts that are fearful. I don't believe that when I go out and I see something or I hear something that I'm going to just live in uh, la-la land and tiptoe through the tulips. The reality is the Bible says you're in the world. You're not of it, but you are in it. You're in the world, but you're not of it. So if you're in the world and you see things, then how do you process the things that you see so that while you're in the world, you can live above what you see? The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not in our our natural thinking, but they are mighty through God. Now listen to this part. Through the pulling down of strongholds. To me, fear and the past and negativity is a stronghold. And it says bringing into captivity. See, so many times I believe personally my thoughts and my words can hold me captive. But it said bringing into captivity every thought, what, into the obedience of Christ. Casting down imaginations and every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ and bringing into obedience that thought. Okay, so I had a negative thought. I had a fearful thought. I saw something fearful today. I saw something that reminded me of something really horrific in my past. Listen, I have stuff in my past that's horrific. I had the Lord speak to me one day when he wanted me to forgive somebody and he said what they did was despicable. I, I mean, and I'll tell you how, what kind of a word person I am. I ran and looked the word up just because I wanted to see every little intricate detail about it. Despicable is not a pleasant word. But God said what they did does not have to form who you are. What they did does not have to form who you are. What you've experienced even as a child in the past, it doesn't have to formulate who you are in Christ. You are of God, little children. Now listen to this part because I think this answers the question. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater is the spirit of the living God in me than the spirit of the devil who comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. I believe the stuff is going to happen in front of your face. You're going to see it. You're going to hear it. You're going to think about it. You might even begin to speak about it. But I also believe that you can take those thoughts captive. You can take those situations captive into the obedience of not my thoughts, but the word of God. I heard Kenneth Copeland say one time, you don't fight thoughts with thoughts. You fight thoughts with words. Begin to speak the word. Hello, devil, get thee behind me, Satan, you will not prevail. My Bible says, when you come to attack me, I resist you, you're required to flee. Begin to tell the devil, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And then remind yourself and remind God. The Bible says, remind God of his promises. God, you promised to protect me. God, you promised to heal me. God, you promised to deliver me. And I believe as we begin to speak those, start with Psalm 91. I dwell in this, and not he that dwelleth, the King James, Put yourself in that. I dwell in the secret place of the most high God. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, Lord, you are my refuge and my fortress. Lord, in you will I trust. Surely you will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and the noisome pestilence. And it goes on and on. If you just grab on to two or three little verses, just two or three, and consistently repeat those verses, I think the one thing that sends the devil on the run is the word of God because he knows how powerful it is. The one thing about the devil is he understands the word. And sadly, the one thing about a lot of people is they don't understand the power of their words. Put your words to power. Use them as a weapon of warfare, not physical warfare. It says it's not carnal. It's not fleshly, but it's mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. We're talking about spiritual warfare here. And begin to use your words in spiritual warfare. I can do all things through Christ. Hey, devil, listen to this. My God shall supply all my needs. And as we begin to rehearse and repeat the word of God, I believe it causes us to prosper and the devil to flee. Second question. I really try to watch what I say. However, sometimes I feel fake trying to be positive. (laughs) That's why they call it by faith. It's not by fake. It's by faith. There's a good comparison. It's kind of close. But the truth is, it's not feeling fake, F-A-K-E. It's F-A-I-T-H. You're calling things that be not as though it already is. If you study Romans 4, 17, you can go a little before that and a little after it. But in Romans four seventeen, the Bible's clear about God speaking about Abraham, who began to say about Abraham that he, God, call things that were not as though they already were. He began to call Abraham the father of many nations. Now nations in the Bible talked about nations as in children, as in generations. And he was talking about, it's hilarious because when he's telling this to Abraham, by the time Abraham had a child, he was almost a hundred. So when he said, I've called you to be the father of many nations, the Bible, one translation calls Sarah, his wife stricken, Abraham was old and Sarah was stricken. Not much chance of producing healthy, godly nations and generations, but God made a promise. And one of the things that in Romans 4, 17, and go on through Romans 4, it says that not only called things that be not as though they were, as though they had already answered the promise, he said, not being weak in faith, he did not waver at the promise of God. You see, for me, when I see a fearful situation, I can jump into wavering at the promise of God and dive bomb right into the deep end of fear. But I also have an opportunity to catch myself and say, now, hold on, hold on. The Bible says not being weak, in their faith. I can hold on to my faith. God's given to every person the measure of faith. Faith comes or is stirred up and and exercised and developed by hearing the word of God. So begin to speak the word of God. Are you being fake? Well, I can tell you the difference of fake and faith, and that's you're quoting the word of God. And it said it's not, um, because what I'm saying is not really true. It might not be true yet, but have you ever watched people Um, like who have made success stories out of themselves and then success books about their success. I love to read those. I love to read success stories and listen to what the outcome is. And I like to analyze why. There's a couple of things that I have learned in analyzing successful people from what I hear about them, what I hear them say, or what I read about them. And some of it is what they write about themselves. One of the things is they make a statement of their intentions, like, and they call it a statement of faith or a statement of hope or a mission statement, but they began to declare and decree something to look forward to. Now in that, they're not lying. They are looking forward to the future when what they're declaring will come to pass. Instead of focusing on, I never did this, should have done it 10 years earlier, blah, blah, and more blah. Instead, they're taking their current situation, they're assessing their past situation that got them to the current situation, but not parking there. What they're doing instead is looking towards the future, looking towards where they still can become. I can do all. That's looking to the future. If we look at the past, might be great, might be not so great. If we look at the current, might be terrific, might be rotten. But when you make that statement of, faith, F-A-I-T-H, not fake, F-A-K-E, because you're doing it according to the word of God and listening to the word of God. Remember, God said, light be. You got to remember that's the beginning of Genesis, light be. There wasn't any light. He wasn't lying. He wasn't being fake. He was making a statement with the Ruach wind of God out of his mouth, calling things that weren't yet there as though he believed they would come. And the split second God opened his mouth and said, Light be, darkness left, and light came in, light be, and light was. The split second he said, Light be, it already was. He's calling things into the future by the positivity of his word. So I don't believe it's being fake when you make a statement of faith if God is in it. Now, I can say I can eat 27 cheesecakes and it won't affect me a bit. But in about an hour, I promise you I'm going to be wanting to, excuse me, but throw them up. You can't eat 27 cheesecakes in my life and not feel like something's not going to happen. I'm going to want to get rid of the cheesecakes. And if it means barfing, sorry so much. But the truth of the matter is that's not in the word of God. You can't manipulate the word of God, but you can have faith in the word of God and the promise of God and how God speaks about your life. (coughs) Okay, last question, then we're going to pray. How do I get beyond my past when people around me constantly remind me of it? I'm going to drink a sip of tea on that one. In my personal life, how do I get beyond the past when people around me constantly remind me of it? You know, my first thought is change people around you, but that may not always be possible. But there's something real interesting in this this question that I want to pull out specifically. How do I get beyond my, my past when people around me constantly remind me of it? I want you to listen to that. I'm going to read it one more time and I want you to Focus on what's missing here. How do I, that's okay, you live with yourself, get beyond my past when people around me remind me of it? Where's God in this question? You see, if you're listening to your thoughts, they could be fabulous or they could be detrimental. If you're listening to the people around you, they could be encouraging or discouraging. They could be lifting you up. They could be totally right and they could be totally wrong. You could be totally right and you could be totally wrong. But what's missing in this question is turning to the word of God and the will of God. When you pray, I believe God answers prayer, but he doesn't answer prayer because you've manipulated him. He doesn't answer prayer because you whined, griped, and complained about the people around you. Listen, if that's the way to answer prayer, I would have so many prayers answered because I can whine and gripe about things people say about me until the Lord Jesus returns. I have had stuff written about me that when I actually read something in the newspaper about myself, I actually started giggling because I didn't think they were talking about me. It was so full of lies and far-fetched that I didn't even think that it was me they were talking about. That's pretty tough. But if I focused on what other people think of me, you do realize the next morning they could change their mind. Or the next morning they could get worse. But if I focus on what the Word of God says about me, you are of God's little children, greater is He, that is, where? Inside of me. The Spirit of God living in me, The Ruach, spirit of God, the power of God, the presence of God, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me to quicken and make alive the situations that I'm facing. And when you get to a place where you listen to that more than the situation, then I believe you'll begin to see things not necessarily turn around on the outside But as I try to live from the inside out, they may turn around on the inside. Will they still sting? Maybe. Will they still hurt? Maybe not. You may be able to just ignore it. But either way, when you know who God is and you know what God thinks of you, I believe that's when things begin to turn around for you to have faith and believe that God can take care of you and he can see a hope and a future. For I know the plans, that I have for you. They are for your future. They are for hope. They are for your good, the Bible says, and not for evil. Yes, your mind, because God said we're so fearfully and wonderfully made. Your mind can be so intelligent that it processes so many things. But keep in mind, you're to renew your mind daily with the word of God. When you begin to process things through what people say, through your past, through failures, through hurts, The outcome may not be what you want, but when you process things that you're thinking on, here's a scripture, whatever things are pure and lovely and of a good report, think on these things. Why? Why renew your mind daily and think on those things? Because Satan would love to use your thoughts to destroy you. But you know what? What happens is he doesn't do the destroying. He gets you to destroy yourself. I won't do that. Yes, I'm out there. Yes, I have situations. Listen, all I have to do is get in the car and begin to drive, whether I'm the driver or the passenger. And people can start saying ugly things about you. You can be sitting at a red light and somebody out of nowhere can say something ugly. You might not even know them, but it's up to me to control me and say, I can think the thoughts of Christ. I stir up my most holy faith. Greater is he that is inside me, inside my thinking, my believing, my faith, my speaking, my declaring the Ruach power of God in me. And then when I stir that up, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's Christ in me. Wow, what a majority. Christ in me. That I believe will get the job done. I pray for you right now from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I pray that God begins to do a work in you so much so that no matter what's going on on the outside, and yes, there is stuff on the outside, that no matter what you're going through right now, I pray for God to renew your mind with the word of God, for God to let you know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made in his image. You are a child of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I pray that you recognize that you are so wonderful to God that he sent his son Jesus to the cross for you. And I pray that you realize no matter what people think of you, God said no matter what you've done in the past, the present or the future, you will never be separated from his love. And if you have anything you want to repent of, go ahead. Sin can separate you from God. Repent of it. Just say, Lord, I repent. Forgive me but nothing will ever separate you from the love of God. So know that you are loved by God today in every aspect of your life. I pray you're encouraged. I pray that you're blessed. And I pray that you have encouraging words of hope and life coming to your mind all day long today. In Jesus' name, amen. And I want to leave you with this one thought. I want you to think about this all day long. I want you to begin to believe you are worth more than you think. Bye-bye for now thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. To connect with Lindsay on social media, follow her on Instagram at Lindsay Roberts official. To get a copy of Lindsay's brand new book, Discover Your True Worth, simply search Discover Your True Worth on amazon.com. We'll see you next week.